0: But it is happy church, happy pastor, promise you that. Yes. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day that you have given us. It indeed is a day that the Lord has made, and we do rejoice in it. Thank you. You are our Father in heaven, and we are your family on earth. And what a great family you have assembled, Lord, both in heaven and on earth, from the time beginning until the time end. Be blessed, O Lord. Father, we've come to just have intimate relationship with you. And to bless you and to love you on this day as we celebrate what we call fatherhood but most of all we know you're the ultimate source of all things you are our father in jesus name amen well i had intended this for a tag team but Almore told me when he came in his throat was scratchy and he was a little wore out from yesterday but he's going to have some words for us before we quit okay is that all right good and uh he we were honored that Anwar, a son of this house, and my son, and uh, a man who has a great calling on his life for the kingdom and parts of the world, and especially in, in uh, Pakistan and that part of the world. He uh, he was he shared yesterday at the men's rally in the valley, and uh, Ralph was his armor bearer, and 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 brother, your brother is was there too, right? Yeah. Okay. So uh, it was good, Uh, General Boykin came in for that and uh, Laura Lee and I and and Anwar and Nita, we had a wonderful time with him uh, at the dinner they had Friday night. And uh, he's quite a man, a good friend and uh, loves this area. And he just uh, was somewhat wondering why there's so much attention on this area as I shared with them that Franklin Graham will be here in September. I met with their advanced team a couple weeks ago, and we're going to try to do some things to help as other pastors are meeting and helping with them as well. That's in September. So uh, we'll be asking for volunteers at some point to sign up to help with different things that need to be done uh, for that team. Interesting that, you know, Franklin himself chose to come here and he's only going to two places in the Midwest. And the other ones I think like Johnstown, PA or something like that, I, don't, I forget where it is. But specifically, he said I wanna to come to the Youngstown area in Canfield. So I'm uh, putting out a little feeler to find out what led him to come. I say all of that to you to let you know that you know we've prophesied and spoken for, for 10 years now. And our 10th year anniversary is now, by the way. Is it today? I think it is today, I'm not sure. But but Laura Lee was telling me but she's out with the children now. And we're gonna have a celebration of our 10th year, likely sometime in September, and we're gonna be inviting some people from all over the place and even all over the world to come with us. And we're not quite sure what it's gonna be yet or how it's gonna be. It might be a day, it might be two days, it might be three days. I'm not sure we're letting the Lord tell us. September, October, give us enough time to get it done before we hit the holiday season. And uh, the reason we're celebrating is not only because, you know, it's our 10th year, but it's also because I believe it's a pivotal time. Yesterday, uh, <clears throat> I was actually, uh, somehow what came up was a prophecy that I'd given uh, in uh, over a year and a half ago, and a vision that God had given me that I completely forgot about. And I realized that um, he was bringing my awareness back to it to recall and remember the time that we're in and what we're supposed to do. Uh, I'll share that at another time, but enough to tell you this, that we prayed at that time that a covenant with evil would be broken and that a covenant had been made uh, by leadership in this country and also by false uh, uh, believers, not only in this country, but around the world. And we prayed to break that covenant. Um, And I think we're going to have to continue to do that because we're in that season, we're in that time. You can tell my throat also is is a little bit uh, scratchy and and under it. Had had to struggle yesterday a little bit, but by the grace of God, I'm bouncing back up. I mean, I just had to tell the Lord and whatever it was trying to grab me. We just don't have time for that just no time, got too much to do and too many places to be. I'd like to go to, uh, real quick, to Isaiah 63, 16. Isaiah 63, 16 if we could please, if we get it up on the board. Now, Isaiah was lamenting the fact that Israel had erred and was away. And in so doing, he actually said that that Israel had walked away from its fathers, from Abraham and from Isaac, Jacob and Moses. They basically had abandoned the fatherhood of the people in the nation that they understood were those that they were building upon. Fatherhood in heaven and on earth builds and it builds upon that which has already been established. In this instance, You know, you have Abraham, and then came Isaac, and then came Jacob, and they built upon each other. And they're called the patriarchs. And everybody since then built upon what? The law that came with Moses and the prophets, and then came John, and then came Jesus. Then we received the Pauline epistles, and then Jesus established his church, appointed some as different offices in the church to build, to teach, to evangelize, to preach, to pastor, to shepherd. It's a building process, a building of fatherhood. And when a fatherhood is stripped away, the foundation begins to crumble. That's why really ever since the World War II, what has happened in the West and in this country is a division of fatherhood. And divorce became rampant. Isn't it sad that the the number, the percentage of divorces uh, in the church is the same as the percentage in the rest of the world? It's as if faith doesn't make a difference. Isn't it sad that there's abandoned children from church families and abandoned children from those who don't go to church? And we understand that there's been a stripping away of fatherhood so much now that there are literally teachings and laws and rules that you know it's not important to recognize fatherhood in a family I wrote to you that without a family there is no father and without a father there is no family doesn't matter how dysfunctional or how blessed or whether it's you know a merged family a blessed family two families coming together Without a father, there is no family because the father is the seed and the source of what begins to become the family. Biologically, the same with our father in heaven. Biologically, he's the ultimate seed. And that means that that's God's intention for what is supposed to be a wholesome, full way of having faith and family and structure. So what's come under assault is structure. The structure of Fatherhood has come under assault. So much now that it's not even gender specific anymore. So much now that there have been many that say it's not important to honor fathers or for fathers to honor their obligations. It's a two-edged sword, isn't it? And we come to the point now where the Lord said in a not so disguised way, that there would be a moment when we would need to turn the hearts of the children back to the fathers and the fathers to the children. And we understand that comes out of a very prophetic time in the book of Malachi and others that are saying that time would be before the second coming of Jesus Christ. A time, so that tells us that that's a special need of the Father's heart. It's a special requirement of the kingdom to turn the hearts of the children of the fathers and the fathers to the children. And that if that doesn't happen, our Lord wouldn't return. Now, it seems so absurd to us right now because we see so many other signs and signals in the earth that would tell us that it's that season when we look at the prophetic fig tree and the leaves are turning and the Jesus is getting ready to come back, but where is that move to turn the hearts of the children to the Father and the fathers to the children? Where is it? Well, I can tell you where it is. It's in the heart of the Father in heaven. And he's put it into our hearts, and he's equipped us to do it. And very shortly and now, we need to start doing that. We need to turn fatherhood back into our families and our faith. We need to replace what's been displaced. We need to stand strong with it. In my own life, I really didn't understand a lot of the responsibility of a father. Mine was, and as many of ours are, they're patterned by the experience we've had or not had with a father, correct? That's how we carry it forth. We've had to, some of us have had to learn, my father was a depression child. Very interesting how patterns replace uh, repeat themselves, isn't it? My father was the one who was sent away from his family to go live with his uncle in Toledo at the age of 12, 12 to 13. And he worked in a uh, gas station. And it was there that he finally made his decision to, to join the military, which was his way out. Sent away from his family because they couldn't keep him. It was a depression. Interestingly enough, my mother, and my father were born one day apart, same year. Think about that. And my mother was the middle child of eight children. And uh, she was just one less than the middle. Sort of the one that might get missed and slipped around and not so much attention embedded in so many children. And I found out that my mother at the age of 12 to 13 was sent away from her family to live with her aunt. Cia Nicolini, we would say in Italian, Cia Nicolini, because they didn't have too many mouths to feed. And so Nicolini took my mom. Interestingly enough, when I was young and uh, was about three, four years old, my mother was going through a rough time, as I learned later, and guess who got sent away? And I really never understood that. And I had to go back in and try to figure it all back out again because, you see, my father was in the military. And my mom just couldn't handle my brother and I because she was going through her own issues. By the grace of God, she was completely restored. So I went to live with an aunt. An aunt who had four or five other kids. I sort of got lost there. And I would remember how wonderful it was to have that one moment once a month when I would get to go see my mama. And when I would get to go see her, my father wasn't there because he was in the military. So my impression of a father was one who provides for his family, fights for his country, and gives his kids something better than what they had, which wasn't anything. They were depression children. So it took me a long time and a lot of patience with my wife to understand how to be a father to children was more than just working hard. And so fathers today need to be retrained what it means to be a father of a family and to accept responsibilities and to go and to understand that men, and I'm speaking to men now, we're not just uh, a product of our environment and our history and our culture. We're a son of the living God, and we carry the seed of the living Father. And fatherhood is precious to the Father, so precious that he gave his only son that he might create a family, and that that family might have a responsibility, a responsibility of a mother and a father. And second only to the love the Lord thy God and honor the Lord thy God is honor thy father and thy mother. That your days may prosper and it would be good with you. That's how important it is to the Lord. Motherhood and fatherhood. And he differentiates, by the way, between the two. There's no such thing as soliciting and deciding what gender somebody wants to be. That's already determined. It's biological and it is spiritual. And so what we see is that the image of God created Adam. And he took out of that image, what? A rib. Why the rib? Because that rib is part of the cage that that is around the heart and all the organs. How many of you have ever had a sore rib cage? A sore rib cage is no fun. I had one yesterday. Something happened two nights ago. I have no idea. It was the hour of my... My watch, usually three o'clock, it hit me about 2.30. I, wake, I woke up choking. Something was stuck in my throat, I don't even know what it was. For an hour and a half, I struggled, I turned blue. I went all the way to the other side of the house so I wouldn't wake my wife up while I was gagging and choking and fighting it out and trying to drink hot water. And then finally, something unplugged in my, in my pipe <clears throat> after it had done a lot of tearing up of my, of my throat. But I heaved so much that my ribs were killing me all day yesterday, today just a little sore. And I realized that that was not the kind of attack you like to wait on and brag about, but I got attacked in my sleep. How many of you know that when you're down and out is a lot of times when you get attacked with fears and anxieties and problems and things come upon you? And I prayed through that, and so it gave me an opportunity to pray to know that I could still pray and had to pray in spite of being in a struggle, a physical struggle. Because immediately in my mindset, I said, this is not a coincidence that this is the third watch. This is my watch. And so this attack came on my watch. So there must be something big that the Lord is doing that I would be attacked with this where I speak. Where I speak. And then the Lord just brought me back through a lot of stuff and I did what he calls me to do. I became a warrior in the night, praying and speaking about many things in many places. I'm expecting some major, major shifts of transformation in the kingdom of God this year and next year. Major ones. We've seen it throughout the kingdom of God. How many of you know that the Lord said we would know when it was getting time for him to begin to shake things so that the Lord would prepare to come, how many of you know he said that judgment would first begin in the house of God? Do you know judgment's begun in the house of God, not only in this area, but all around the earth? Hmm? Big ministries. One of them wiped completely off of being on television anymore big ministries, God exposing and cleansing and requiring from his leadership down. Let me tell you something, if God's got you in any place at all of leadership, I caution you to pray for the fear of the Lord. As General Boykin and I were sharing with each other in some intimate things, some friendship things the other night, he said, Frank, the one thing I can't understand. And he said, you see it and I see it. How can people, how can people that, that know so much about God do some of the things that they're doing? Because we know some of them and what they're doing. I said, it all comes down to one thing, Jerry. The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. That's why there's a shaking going on. It's the fear of the Lord. And unfortunately, there's casualties. Sheep get wounded. Sheep get wounded. And sheep need to be loved and brought back into the fold, they're scattered. It's part of Ezekiel 34 coming true where the Lord said that he would call upon his shepherds. His shepherds, those are pastors. Those are people in leadership. And they're also fathers. A father's a shepherd of a family calls upon shepherds and he says I will break the yokes that they have placed upon my sheep we discussed last week one of the things a rope does it tethers something from being able to be free to go where it's supposed to go it keeps it within a certain range it keeps it if you will in bondage Ezekiel 34, when we were coming into these days, the times of judgment, the times of reestablishing fatherhood, turning the hearts of children to the father and fathers to the children. In these times, he said, I will break the yokes off of the necks of my sheep, and they will be free to go into a green pasture where I will feed them as their shepherd. It's happening happening we're in a very very prophetic time of transformation don't get blinded by all of the things of the world and lose focus of our major assignment and calling here on earth it's not to be so much affiliated with a particular political party that that becomes our god How many of you know who the famous player was? His name was Zito. He's alive yet. Zito. Z-I-T-O. San Francisco. He was doing really well. And he had a problem with his foot. He injured his foot. And he was unable to answer the call for his team that year. And he had just had a great season. A season that You know was gonna promise to pay him all kind of bonuses and all kind of things if you hear his testimony now just months before that he got his first and only tattoo guess what it was you wouldn't guess if you began to believe about it it was a golden calf under his arm the arm that he swung with now if any of you know baseball you leverage and you come off like this that's the foot that got pulled and that foot needs to be like this when you're hitting with your bat all your power you leverage with the hips and you hit like this he was sat down his first reaction was to get angry and bitter and wonder if it was a career-ending injury because without this and without his bat he was nothing Nothing, just another player. But then he remembered something somebody had told him. Some sports guy that had come to a team and one of his teams going through high school into college. What they had told him was that sometime in your life, God's going to try to get your attention, to pull you back out of the things that you think you're going into, and so that you will learn to know him. I call it fearing God. I remember something that a pastor once taught about shepherds. Now we had a few sheep on our farm. We never had to do that because those sheep just followed us and they didn't have anywhere else to go, I guess. I don't know anybody who has sheep, you know, they. As long as you've got a grass field and a nice place for them, they're gonna stick around with you. Sheep don't really like to go away too far. Billy goats now, that's another ball game. Donkeys, forget about it. But sheep, this one shepherd taught his other shepherds. When you have that one sheep that keeps straying away, you break its leg so you could fix it. You put a splint on it and you keep it by your side. And when that leg heals, that sheep walks with its shepherd forevermore. Beloved, fatherhood is broken on earth. It needs to heal to walk with the shepherd anymore. I want to applaud the men that are here today and those online, because it doesn't matter what you did right or did wrong. I'd be the first one to tell you, I failed at a lot of things as a father. few things right. Four beautiful children, nine beautiful grandchildren, another one on the way, and for some reason they still love me. (laughs) That's a miracle. But this one thing I know with those men that are here today, Those that are listening, if you didn't have a hunger for God, you'd be out on a golf course or playing bocce or cards or doing something else. Now, I'm not coming against all that, but I am saying there's a time for all things. Father Day is a time to be in the church to worship the Father. Y'all know I'm not about numbers, and if I offended anybody, I'm sorry, but I'm not too sorry. There's a time and a reason for all things. And I compliment you because you have a passion for God, and I believe you fear God. Thank you for that. And the Lord thanks you for that. Because when we need to reset, when we need to get back aligned, We've had the broken leg. It's been splinted. It's come back. We found the shepherd. We're walking with the shepherd. That reset is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The church needs a reset. The church needs a reset. And it doesn't need just another one of those pauses I mean we had a big pause this church knew it was coming we didn't understand it we knew we were coming to the place the next even out of my mouth up here it says the Lord's going to put the earth on pause I had no idea it was COVID and a pandemic but he did it but you know what that only worked for a while that only worked for a while people turned to God because they needed to turn to God and when the towers fell that only worked for a while I remember there would be those that scoffed at me because my football team that I was coaching, we'd go down on one knee before every practice. And before every game, we took a knee. And I know they scoffed at me until the towers came down and there were three teams on the practice field. And they came to find the pastor and they were shaken and scared to lead in prayer. And I thought, wow, isn't this wonderful? Two weeks later, there were three complaints registered about me having my team take a knee. And that was a real easy one. If I don't take a knee with my team, I'm out of here. Oh, it's okay, it's okay, because we were winning. (laughs) Doesn't winning do something in this world? And today, both with my baseball and football teams, the kids that call me back, they're young men, Some are in the pros playing. They say, coach, I'll never forget the prayers that you said with us. I am one, but I'm only one. I can't do everything, but I can do something. And that I can do, I ought to do, and by the grace of God, I shall do it. I never broke huddle without that prayer. And you know something? They may not remember any other prayers, but they remember that one. So in a sense, I became a father to them. And it has an impact. Same for you. Fatherhood is broken, but you know what? Fathering is not. Because our Father in heaven still has got it. He's got it. We live in that time that the Lord had called out from beginning of time. This is the time it is. Now, I shared with you that, you know, I had a a bit of a different career path and past back in the day. Uh, You know, I love to play music and uh, I toured and I played with some bands that would make your head spin. They would pick me up to play with them coming through, or I just happened to be there or was in the studio or whatever, and had our own band. And then I had my own recording artist deals. And I recorded a whole bunch of stuff, and God broke my leg. I found Jesus right when my single album was coming out the next month. And I said, I can't go on tour. What? I said, I can't go on tour. Why? I said, well, first of all, the band you're putting me on tour with, Mm, I can't do that. And secondly, I don't like the lyrics to my own songs. I can't sing them. What? You know how much money we've got in you? I said, I don't know what to tell you. You'll never, ever work in this industry again. You're done. I thank you very much. A couple months ago, my tapes Resurrected. It was amazing because I had gone into the studio by myself and changed the lyrics, made them Christian lyrics. Just didn't feel like they should go out, but sort of sense and saying, okay, Lord, we're doing something here in the church. We've got a lot of songwriters working. We're going to go record a couple albums. We're going to do some stuff. So my stuff's a little different than your typical worship songs. One of the only times I came out to write again was the first anniversary of Columbine. Most of you know the story. I prophesied all of that. and Daryl Scott became my friend, and prophesied him into the largest children's outreach into the world. To this day, we're best friends. And Laura Lee and I were going to stay with he and his wife and to be there with them for the first anniversary in their home and while he had to go out and do all of his press interviews and to be with them at the grave. So I wrote a song. It's called Rachel's Tears. And it was the prophetic revelation of what God had given me that became the part of the books that he wrote and sent out. And I rushed that song through a major studio in Miami playing a lot of the instruments myself, getting a few people in. I finished it the night we were supposed to leave and brought it out there. Funny thing happened, he lost it and I lost it. I thought it was gone forever. But just a couple weeks ago, the song came back. I sent it to Daryl. I said, Daryl, do you remember this? We having a problem with the sound? No. I said, do you remember this? He said, no. I said, I didn't think you heard it. It was so busy that day, we never got it out. He said, wow. And he said, can I use this? I said, of course, that's what it was written for. So now they're putting it into their Rachel Tears programs for all the high schools and schools. I've had people come up and grab me and say, are you the man that's in, in the video that goes out? Over 30 million people have seated in all the schools. My wife asked yesterday if we could play it. I said, well, let me pray about it. And then this morning I said, okay, you're going to hear a children's choir in it. That was Laura Lee's students. She was teaching at a Christian school In Miami and as I was producing it I heard the parts for the children so she brought the children along with our children I don't know if Sammy was in it but I know the two daughters were there I think he was there too we we threw all three of the children in there to sing too but the theme of this is all about turning the hearts of the children of the father and the fathers to the children I wonder if it's significant that that was produced way back then after Columbine, and it just resurrected in the last couple of weeks. I wonder if that's significant. Do you want to hear it? Nah, you don't want to hear it. Do you want to hear it? All right. S- since you insist, can we... Uh, Can we play it, please, and make sure it has enough volume? Thank you. Not too loud, not too soft. Rachel was the first child barter at Columbine
1: can you see the tears can you feel the tears Rachel is crying cause her children are dying can you feel the pain can you see are flowing from heaven, heed the wrath coming down. And thirteen tears are falling from her eyes, falling to the ground, each one for a life. And passion and compassion, it's a call to action. Passion and compassion starts a chain reaction. And thirteen stars are falling from the sky. Rachel is weeping and the...
0: So, just a little filler on that as we close. If you don't know it, Rachel Scott was evangelizing in her school. She was 16 years old, a beautiful little girl, dancer. And uh, the two assassins had put her name at the top of the list and she was up against a tree drawing in her diary when they first marched in with their rifles. She was the first one shot and they severed her spine and she was paralyzed. And they started in and then they turned around and came back, Klebold did, one of the killers. And he said, do you still believe in your God? And she said, yes. And he said, then go see him now and shot her in the head. The 13 tears are the 13 people that died in Columbine that day. Rachel is prophetic, crying out of the scriptures that her children are dying and she's weeping over them. This was the beginning of massacres in schools. This was the first one. And prophetically what I saw, it was attributed to the fact that our fathers have failed us. Our fathers of faith. Prayer in the schools was forbidden abortion alive in the earth freedom of speech was everywhere at the time but not allowed to pray in open public places and so as i realized at that time i felt the surging in my soul that there needed to be a turning of the hearts of the children of the fathers and the fathers to the children and now I believe is the time, I really do. Next year or two, there's gonna be a clarion call in the earth for men to stand back up and to take their positions in the gap and to be bold. Women, please don't be offended by that, but that's the man's responsibility, according to fatherhood. And men can't do it alone because the Lord said, both male and female, I've made them. And that's what brings the unity and the power and the fullness of the image and likeness of God. Turning the hearts of the children to the father and the the fathers to the children. That's the time that we're in. Father's Day is a time that you know, is like a Hallmark greeting card, is it not? Same as Mother's Day, Father's Day, Valentine's Day. They're not biblical days. They're days created probably with a good intention when they were first done, but then they become a marketing tool in the earth, correct? Our Father in heaven is not a marketing tool. He's the real deal. And He's every day. And the love of the Father is so overwhelming. My prayer for you, for us, for all of us is that you have a moment where the love of the Father floods you, saturates you, invades you, captures you. There's no love like the love of the Father. No love. No love like the love of the Father no matter what you've been through, no matter what you might go through, we all go through stuff. The love of the Father will never, ever wear out. It's more than mercy and grace. It's His nature. God is love. He's love. That's why we want more than just an understanding of Scripture. We want an encounter with the living God. So, my prayer to you is to release a prophetic anointing that you have an encounter with the living Father. You say, Pastor, I've had one. Well, how about another one? An encounter with the living Father. And when you begin to hear those old bones rattle, give him away, give him some space. Give Him some time. Give Him the place. Let the Father in. The love of the Father does so much in a few seconds that hours and thousands of hours of counseling and therapy can't do what the love of the Father does. When we enter into that time with Him, And we feel or hear or know we're in His arms. There's nothing that can surpass that. I've often wondered what it'll be like to be in the presence of the Father. Yes, I'm excited about Jesus, of course, and I worship and love the Holy Spirit. But my long, I long to be in the arms of Adonai. Daddy, the closest we can get here on earth is the flesh of His Spirit. For those who've had losses some long ago, some recent, I want you to know this. There's a special time and a special place for you right now in the arms of the Father. a friend of mine this morning he texted me very early I'm not going to mention his name you'd know him he blessed me and he was sort of wondering if I had something to say I know that's what he was reaching out for and I said I do I just received a word and I think this is for some of you for those of you who are missing a husband or a father right now this is what he said I got this from the Lord, a download in my office in this church at about 8.15 a.m. this morning. And he told me to tell my friend that his father was with the Father in heaven and that they are pleased, that they are pleased with him. The word of the Lord to you today is that your husband, your father is with the Lord in heaven and they are pleased. They are pleased. They are pleased. i um, you have something you'd like to end with. I know you didn't want to preach today, but Maybe even down here with your interpreter, Pastor Huron, who came here from Los Angeles. He's a pastor there. Maybe you'd like to just bless the people. Say something. I know we're live on Isaac TV.
2: I have brought
3: greetings for you all in the precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And all of you who are watching us live on Isaac TV and on Facebook. And Fathers, happy Father's Day. And to all the fathers, we say Happy
2: Father's Day.
3: And if a father is sitting beside you, you can say Happy Father's Day to them also. I thank God for this day, that
2: God has given a father, who has
3: And I I thank the father that gave me birth, he was my father, he was my dad. And he raised us up in in our physical bodies. (laughs) And as the same way we had our earthly father, God has blessed us with a spiritual father. And they love us like
2: real children. (laughs) Pastor Frank,
3: I have seen him. They have given us the love that a father gives to his real children. And not only me, but everyone in this congregation, he deals them like they're real children. And I honor him a lot. And I want to present this book to him. And I want to tell you that our pastor, Pastor Frank, He is a great example of a great father.
2: And everyone
3: watching, I want to encourage you to be grateful to your earthly fathers and also to your heavenly father. So I would request my sweet wife also she come with me
2: and we present these flowers to my spiritual father, Pastor Frank Media. And I want to every father, those who are sitting in here, please stand on your place and give a big hand to mighty man of God and great father, the best father in the world.
3: I am saying I will request my Sister They request that Pastor Frank these flowers and these bouquets, are very, very
0: Nice. Thank
2: you very much, my father.
0: Thank you. Flowers are very special to Pakistan.
3: And I noticed in
0: the services, you have many, many people in their services. Tens of thousands of people come to church.
3: They're
0: not out playing golf on Father's Day.
3: <laughs> and golf
0: one of the things that they do is they present flowers
3: as honor. flowers as honor.
0: flowers and I know the first time I was there, they brought this big wreath of flowers and stuck it over my neck. They put it down. Flowers, they went all the way down and back
3: up. And I Pakistan, And I
0: nudged the guy next to me. I said, are they celebrating my funeral? What
3: is this for? And I said, मार कर ये कहा कि क्या मेरे दफन का कर रहे हैं। So flowers
0: are both affection and honor. Thank you so much.
3: I'm honored. I'm honored. Thank you very much, my father. Give a big hand to mighty man of God. Yeah. Oh and <laughs> And, and the same way I want that every father who is watching us live in Pakistan
2: We, we
3: greet you and we say happy Father's Day to all of you from Pastor Anwar, Pastor Frank, his wife and from his church and from Pastor Haroon, we say Happy Father's Day to you.
2: And we <laughs> welcome
3: Mom Loreley with a big hand of applause. Give a big hand to mighty woman of God, Mom
2: Loreley. Thank you, Mom. Love Amen. you, Mom. Thank you. Blessings. Pastor Haroon Happy Father's Day, Aapka Thank
3: Yes, thank you, sir. Thank you thank so. You very I would
2: much. request to my father, those who are watching in Pakistan, everybody, fathers, that you say something or also pray for them.
0: I'd like to pray for him, mm-hmm. yes. honey. I want, got these specially oh. for you today. Yes. His, his nose is
3: going to grow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> to yes. Um, we just want to pray for our brothers and sisters that are not only in Pakistan but also reached by um, connection by Satellite 7 to wherever they are. Mm. <clears throat> Ralph, I'm losing my throat, so I'm gonna ask you to grab a microphone and come up here and pray for them, son. Right here, there's there's a pink microphone, and a, you'd look good with the pink one.
1: Huh? He's gonna
0: translate, so you look better with the black one, Ralph. Come right here. And, and uh, in fact, come right in between these two beautiful people and, and, and be a bookend and, and just, just pray and release upon them, please.
4: Father in the name of
3: Jesus.
4: We play a, we pray, a blessing on every father in Pakistan.
3: Pakistan: And
4: all those that are touched by this mighty ministry.
3: We pray that every
4: blessing that you have prepared for them will be
3: released. We pray that every
4: assignment of identity is
3: found in them. We pray that the
4: boldness and courage of a father would
3: arise. That the grace, passion and
4: and power of the father would
3: fall and that
4: lives and families would be
3: changed and the
4: passions of hearts would be turned to the plans and purposes of our father
3: we pray all of this in the
4: mighty and matchless name
3: Hum ye dua hai tere aur naam mein.
4: But also the precious name
3: or ke ke
4: of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father.
3: Abab, tera shukr ho. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.
0: Thank you so much. God bless you. <laughs> you Appreciate it. Right. Thank you. We're going to collect the offering. <clears throat> I'm going to ask Patty if she'd come up and do that, please. I think I'm probably down to a very few words left in this box i'm pushing it if you wouldn't mind thank you so much and while patty's <clears throat> coming up i'd like to ask you to keep in prayer uh some things you know without getting into specifics patty come on up here any without getting into uh specifics you know we've we're we're uh reaching out and launching several things uh, through this little house and this little ministry. We'll share them more in detail. They're too big for us, so we need God, but they're not too big for him. We want to thank you, Pastor Huron, for being here with us. My brother all the way from Los Angeles. Let's give him a hearty welcome. Thank you. And uh, besides that, continue to pray, uh, I think. I think that uh, Patty and hopefully Ralph and one other, we'll see, I haven't really sprung it on Ralph yet, but in November, uh, to carry our mantle to Africa for a conference for leadership and pastors, about 3,000 people, and uh, we're trying to get those dates done. Are you going to go? Kim, is he going to go? Maybe Kim, you go with him? We'll see. It depends on Braden. Yeah. So uh, and Patty's uh, agreed to carry that mantle on behalf of our ministry. That ap- she's going to go as an apostolic power, God. So, and I'm so proud of her. I'm so proud of her. This is part of my dream: is that our people go and do better than me. Amen. Patty
5: praise the lord thank you lord amen 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 we just want to thank the lord we want to receive this offering receive it as unto the lord and we thank the lord for everything that he's doing for all that he's doing in the house father we just thank you thank you father for blessing blessing us beyond measure. Lord, your measure is abundance. Father, we pray over this offering today. We thank you, Lord, that this offering doesn't just get submitted or collected or given into this house, but it goes to the nations, and we thank you for that. Father, we thank you for abundance in each and every household that's represented. Lord, not just in finances, but abundance in blessings, in love, in ministry, in mercy, Father. We thank you, Lord, for healings and for your deliverances that come forth, Father. Lord, we bless this offering. We bless it, Lord, for those who do give. As this house has always said, those who do give, those who cannot give, we ask for the same blessing. Father, we pray that there will be doors of opportunity opened. Lord, that there would be finances released. Father, that there would be jobs, oh God. Father, we pray for creativity and creative ideas, Lord. We pray that the things, Lord, that have been lying dormant would be brought to the surface. And Father, as they're brought to the surface that they will go out into the realms that they're set to go into father and that when they go into those realms Lord they will bring forth and produce father from the fruit that is sent the fruit that is sent Lord that they will produce Lord what you have called them to produce bless the families father bless this offering Lord use it for your glory for your kingdom Lord for we're kingdom minded and I thank you Lord that you're taking us into those places in those realms, Lord, that we've never seen before, but have only been promised. But Lord, we're walking into that promise, Lord, day by day, minute by minute, moment by moment, led by your spirit. So we bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen.